Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, December 9th, 2021. I am Janet Garcia and joining me is Tim motherfucking Gettys. What is good? So much. It's Game Awards Day. So much to be excited about. So much to be hyped about. I can't believe it. Hours away from the reveals, from the awards, from the hype, from the Keeley. Let's see what they're bringing tonight. It is indeed the most wonderful time of the year. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we've talked about a bunch of content, but on that note, what's like what game do you really want to see take home something oh take home something i i feel like this is such a great year in terms of diversity of games from indie all the way up to triple a and even like multiple triple a studios so i want to see a diverse output of awards like I'm, i'm hoping we don't see kind of one team take home five different awards for the same game like i feel like the, with the action yeah, adventure and game of the year and all that stuff like i i hope there actually is a little bit of of kind of like everybody getting to share because like there's been so many wonderful games this year so i think that that'd be a cool thing to see yeah uh, pretty much same like it's interesting because and i did like a youtube video like like saying like what i think like who I pick, right? Or, you know, if I if it was just up to me, like who I think is the best in each category, uh, who I think will win. And even while doing that, like, so I had so many moments where I was torn where I'm like, I think this game's the best, but like, I would love to see like this studio also like get credited because they made an incredible game. Like personally, if like Chicory or Life is Strange or any of those kind of um, like right underneath my, my personal game, The Year, which is Deathloop. Um, titles could take home something. I think that'd be uh, really fantastic to see. So uh, yeah, what happens on on on? Uh, I guess more of a personal note than like that. I really would love to see Artful Escape get something because I that game is so special to me, and I don't think it's going to win anything. And I, I think that that's okay. Honestly, I think that the competition that it's up against in the categories is insane, including Cana Bridge of Spirits, which I really hope uh, takes home the indie game of the year, uh, specifically because I think that it is an indie game on a whole other level. The fact that that is an indie game is wild to me, and I, I don't think the game is perfect. I think it's you know pretty far from perfect, but uh, that being the, that team's first game, like, can you imagine what a second game could look like from them especially if they get the clout and the juice of winning some game awards and all of that like i just feel like that would be such goodwill going into their next project yeah i agree i think they're also up for like best debut as well um i think it would have been the category that like for me i was like pushing for them for so um we'll see what happens artful escape i did not like nearly as much as you but i do think it should win best art direction i feel like the art direction is like the best part of that game and also just incredibly stunning like any single screen of that game could be printed out and hung up like on a wall it's kind of crazy um and like you never knew and that was the only thing i really i personally liked about the game like i wasn't really a big fan of the other components but i'm like looks super pretty so i think they like delivered really well on that part um but yeah we'll see uh who ends up taking what home and what trailers or ads or whatever ends up happening um yeah i'm excited for it it's always a fun time to see 
what comes out of Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump into today's stories, which include a strike fund for Activision Blizzard workers, a new Halo trademark, and the players vote Game Awards results and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. You can, if you're watching wrong, you can correct us when we get stuff watching live. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong, like right there, by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kinda Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members or above get to ride in and silver members or above get the show ad-free along with the exclusive daily post show. Some housekeeping for you. PS I Love You XOXO is up right now and it's our breakdown of Project Spartacus. That's up right now. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Podcast services around the globe as well. Uh, and we're watching along the, with the game awards it's happening tomorrow which is today it's obviously <laughs> yesterday i'm now realizing tonight uh hey, what is the time on that because i had someone ask me on twitter as well i yes, don't know i don't know whatever the game awards starts we'll be there so all right sounds good <laughs> uh and thank you to our patreon producers pranksy blackjack and of course i mentioned that greg miller returns to content next month today we're brought to you by DoorDash, honey and american giant but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin what is and forever will be the roper report a baker's dozen janet i want to stop you real quick i just want to let you know that was the best intro I've ever heard you do. You nailed it from top to bottom. You got it. There was the confidence. There was some some passion, some charisma in your voice. Love to hear it. I love working with you. Very excited to talk about some news with you today. Let's go. Oh, I appreciate it. It's having the the outdated information and random flubs that really like sells it. You, know? again, you, you ran with it. You know what I mean? You go with the flow. You got to love to see it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Speaking of things you love to see. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about Activision Blizzard staff announcing the start of a new strike action. This comes from Matt Perslau over at IGN. The article reads, The APK Workers Alliance, a collective of Activision Blizzard and King employees, has initiated strike action against its employer. The group plans to continue its work stoppage until its demands are met. This follows walkouts from other Activision Blizzard groups, including Raven's QA department. Announced via post on Twitter, the group said today the ABK Workers Alliance announces the initiation of its strike. We encourage our peers in the game industry to stand with us in creating lasting change. In addition, the tweet also includes a link to a GoFundMe page, which allows supporters to provide financial donations to help participating Activision Blizzard and King staff through their work stoppage. For those who wish to join in solidarity, please consider donating to our strike fund, said the tweet. The fund has a goal of $1 million. The announcement of ABK ABK Workers Alliance strike follows Monday's news of Raven Software's QA team walkout over the termination of contractors. Striking staff were supported by other Activision Blizzard workers in solidarity and further walkouts happening in Texas, Minnesota and California. 
There have now been multiple strikes at Activision Blizzard as the company continues to work its way through an ongoing sexual harassment and gender discrimination lawsuit. A first work stoppage occurred in July following the filing of the lawsuit from the state of California, and a second strike happened in November. ABK Workers Alliance also reported that Treyarch's central QA team walked out on December 7th in support of the Raven work stoppage. Part of the ABK Workers Alliance demands is that Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick is replaced while a group of shareholders have demanded he resign. The company board continues to back Kotick as CEO. And I do want to quickly just jump over to the GoFundMe itself, because at the time of us talking about this right now, it is currently at $65,385 supported by up to a thousand people. Tim react. I mean, that's fantastic, right? I'm especially with the numbers of only a thousand people giving that much money. Like that's, that's where the power lies, right? It's power in numbers and the, every single person, $1 helps, right? A million people to get to their goal. That's not that many in the grand scheme of things. When you you start talking about the amount of people that listen to shows like this um, over the course of time, and especially over the course of the last six months as we've been talking about this and, you know, even longer as it's actually been going on. But uh, this is great news. It continues to just kind of strengthen and strengthen the side of Bobby Kotick is going to eventually uh, get booted. And I, I think that that is one of the major goals of all these initiatives. And it is going to be a, a major call to action uh, when, when that eventually forces the hands of the board members to to make the real changes and to kind of create a shift that, can get us past this point right now where it is just pure negativity surrounding even bringing up the words Activision or Blizzard. Like the, we, there has to be an end goal to this uh, where we can move on because otherwise they're just going to keep Bobby Kotick there. And this is just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. At some point it breaks. So this is uh, just another great step towards all this uh, the game awards of tonight. And I think it's uh, going to be really interesting to see what is said, how it's said, who uses their speeches to say what, all that's powerful, and it speaks loudly to these shareholders and to the board. Um, so it's going to be an interesting time. Yeah, I think bringing up the Game Awards is a really good point because I, that's definitely a bit of an elephant in the room. Like, I think, you know, Keeley's had a couple statements and then amended those statements and then added to those statements. So I think um, people are definitely going to be watching the Game Awards wondering, um, you know, if he'll say something, if other people getting awards will say something, uh, and what might kind of get the ball rolling. Because I do think it, it could be one of those things where once one person speaks up, it becomes something that almost turns into a bit of a refrain. And I think the timing of this works really well for that because there's a, a lot of attention just out there today, um, a lot of people tuning in, and that has like definitely a lot of potential as well. Um, and what's great about this too is just it gives people who are outside of the situation looking in a, a way to do something. Um, obviously, not everyone has the financial means to donate to something, and not being able to donate is no you know indictment on on anyone or a representation that you don't support those workers. But for people that were really struggling and just like wanting to help, but not knowing how they can, this provides them a way to do that and can sort of, you know, empower fans and community members to feel like they're contributing towards this goal of making things better. Um, and even just scrolling through like the the comments with the donations coming in, um, you know, there's been a lot of like, you know, wonderful sentiments with, you know, pro-unionization, people saying like money talks so that workers can walk. Um, someone said, this is my, donated 35 bucks three minutes ago, said this is my gaming budget for the month. You know, I think 
again, not everyone can donate, but if you can, I think it is important to do that. Um, and it's only been picking up because like I think when I was drafting this up, it was only at like 20 or 40,000. So I think it's growing rather quickly. And, you know, as we talk about in the show and, and the news kind of hits and seeps through the industry over the morning, I think we're only going to see that number continue to rise. Um, so, yeah, I was really excited to be able to see something like this, uh, especially just because that's the unfortunate reality, right? Like people need money. Like that's that's a big reason that people are like at these jobs or in these situations. They're like, I have responsibilities and obligations and this kind of can potentially not completely free that up because you know a million dollars is a lot but it's not everything you know it might it's probably not enough for like something you know infinite or anything but it's something it's a bit of support it kind of keeps it going because they just have to outlast management um and that's kind of going to be the challenge so anything that can help them do that um is going to be beneficial yeah Totally. It's again, this is such a horrible situation from top to bottom, but I do think that the fact that there is an actual action item that people are waiting for, and that is Bobby Kotick leaving in any way, shape or form, um, I think is the, 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 the moment that everyone's kind of waiting for and, and looking at and expecting. And if it doesn't happen, it's just going to continue to be an issue and strikes like this are going to rightfully continue to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to Halo, the endless trademark filed by Microsoft. This comes from here on Cryer over at Games Radar, who writes, uh, Halo, the endless has been trademarked by Microsoft. Earlier today, the new patent filing by Microsoft began circulating on Twitter over Justia trademarks. It's revealed that Halo, colon, the endless, has just been successfully filed as a trademark by Microsoft. And in particular, the name specifically concerns uh, new video game based software. Right now, Halo, right now, however, there's absolutely no indication as to what we can expect from Halo the Endless, as the trademark filing itself doesn't give any information regarding the product. Some are speculating that this could relate to campaign DLC for Halo Infinite. While the Halo series has never dabbled in story-based DLC before in its storied run, Halo Infinite brings an open world into the fold for the very first time in the franchise, and theoretically this opens up avenues for exploration for developer 343 to produce story-based DLC that bolts onto the existing open world. Even more interestingly, in a recent report that claimed Halo's infinite open world was drastically cut down over the course of development. While 343 originally angled the sequel as a Zelda-like experience, the open world was cut down to something far smaller by summer 2019. Could 343 repurpose some ideas that were left on the cutting room floor for Halo the Endless if it does end up being an add-on to campaign content? Obviously, this is, you know, a trademark could just be a trademark for a trademark's sake, but what do you make of this? And do you think Halo DLC is something that people would be excited about. Are you currently playing Halo Infinite? Where are you at with us? Uh, well, I just went to thesaurus.com and I looked up synonyms for Infinite. So we we got a I'm exclusive. I might be the number three gaming journalist out here. I'm dropping okay. some fire for you for the, the upcoming sequels. We have Halo uh, Perpetual. We have uh, Halo Eternal. Um, we also have Halo Measureless to join Infinite and um, Never Ending or whatever the hell this was called. The Taylor Endless. Swift. The Endless. There. New, new, the Infinity Era kind of situation. Exactly, exactly. Uh, jokes aside, though. Make some songs. This makes sense to me. Uh, I think the Endless is probably some type of single player uh, expansion to what we have with Infinite. Um, I think that Infinite in its, in its title kind of explains that this is a different type of Halo, especially it being on Game Pass. It being Xbox's kind of... Uh, really revitalizing their biggest brand they've ever had uh with master chief and they got it right the reviews have spoken for themselves everybody that's playing this that 
uh, whether you're a Halo fan, not a Halo fan, like people are finding something here. At the very least, it's an enjoyable, good game. At the most, it is the best game they've played in years. So 343 did something special with this. I think they're going to continue to add to it. Um, and I'm excited at the potential of getting more single player stuff down the line because, you know, the funny thing about video games is single player wise, you play through them and then you beat it. And then all those years of waiting for the single player campaign is over. And it's like, ah, I guess I'll wait for the next one. So I think this world of DLC and especially Game Pass based kind of uh, content drops can change the way that these things are delivered and the, the, the timeliness at which they come out. Um, it reminds me a lot of a couple of years ago uh, when Uncharted Lost Legacy came out, which is a much shorter campaign compared to core Uncharted games. But I really vibed with it and I dug the idea of getting semi even annualized uncharted style campaigns that were like smaller titles and that ended up not happening for uncharted but we did see it with miles morales and i expect that we'll see more experiments like that on the sony side i think it's set up for success even more on xbox because of how easy it is to invest in game pass and just know that you have a fan base of people that are inherently there so when a new content drops especially something prestige like halo they're going to be there day one you're going to get that audience it's going to be worth doing more frequent drops right of AAA content so that's what i'm expecting this to be but i do think that that is making a lot of assumptions and a lot of leaps to get there especially having halo never had um single player dlc but it did have odst which was one of the earliest examples of what I just said about the Lost Legacy and Miles Morales type thing. So I don't know, but I am excited that Halo things are being trademarked. I'm excited that Halo's back. So this is good news for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think is it? Well, here's something I want to ask. How often do you jump into DLC for single player stuff? Um, see, it's funny because I think that like what DLC like, is, it's I'm kind of like talking about indie games or it's talking about downloadable games. Like at some what's point, DLC, what's the last campaign DLC you jumped into? Well, like the Spider-Man ones I loved and I played through all of those. Um, and I, I guess that would be the last DLC that I played. But then it's like, I, I just think that single player DLC has kind of changed and isn't as frequent of a, a thing anymore now i kind of feel like it is it's more battle pass feeling like even for something like a far cry or whatever it kind of just feels like hey here's just some more shit for you to do as opposed to like here's a designed campaign expansion and i think that those have turned into bigger more ambitious projects like the ones we were just talking about yeah for sure like i do think that we're gonna it 2022 is gonna be interesting in terms of halo because it's sort of was the th big thing that like kind of capped off the year in terms of the calendar year. But I think in terms of how we talk about games when we're discussing what the best experiences are of a given year, it's in this like weird limbo state of, you know, it didn't make it in time for game awards. So it'll be up for next stuff next year. And it's that struggle of how do you get people to remember this and stay with it? Um, I think the updates that they have planned is going to be a big way to do that. And I think potentially Halo the Endless, if we see that come to fruition someday could be an, a, you know, in the near future, it could be another way to kind of keep those conversations going. Um, with that note, what, what do you think it's really going to take to keep Halo relevant in 2022? Do you think it's automatically kind of set up for success because it has like a good formula and it has those updates planned or is there a world, like how long do you think you're going to spend playing Halo? I mean, a long time. I, I think that they nailed it. I think that they totally did the thing. I mean, from the campaign perspective, I'm going 100% this game. Like, already I know. And, like, that is, to me, the utmost praise I can give a, a video game, a single-player one, is 
I am having such a good time that I want to do every little check mark that it's asking me to do on the list. So last time I really felt that was Ratchet and Clank, and before that was Spider-Man. So they nailed that for me, and I'm really excited to to dig into that on the single player side. Can't wait eventually when the co-op comes out, um, being able to maybe do a legendary run with the with the homies. But uh, the multiplayer side, I feel like they they know what they're doing. I love the cadence at which they're. Uh, trying to release different modes, different content, like fun events and all that stuff. Um, I think that the the progression system isn't ideal for a lot of people, like getting them hooked in the in the way that like I wish someone like Nick would get hooked. It's the one thing really holding him back from being into Halo is the the progression system, and that's unfortunate. Um, but I do think that three four three knows what they're doing. They're being really really transparent and communicative about their plans, and um, I I think that we owe them the patience of trusting them because they have delivered. Tim, should I, should I play this game? Should I play this campaign? I don't know. I was going to say that, and I don't know what to do anymore. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you like first-person shooter campaigns? Generally, no. Then Generally. I don't know that this is going to like change your mind, but it's a really solid, really good, really great like single-player campaign. But, you know, and I've played like other campaigns, like and other shooter campaigns, but... I don't know. And I've only played one other Halo game, the first one. And I liked it. It was fun. Oh, if you liked the first one, 100% play this then. Oh my God, yeah. That, that's an easy answer then. But like, I also played it with someone. Should I wait? Should I wait to co-op it with someone? Or should I just go I mean, on my own and just uh, run around? In my opinion, Halo is always, always better co-op. So if you can wait, might as well wait. Because it is going to be a blast. The game really feels like it was designed for co-op. And that yeah. doesn't mean that it doesn't work single player. That's right. true for all the previous Halos. But no, I mean it's it's awesome, and I mean even just play the opening hour. It's you're gonna have you're gonna understand if you're in or you're out. I immediately was like, I'm in. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's because you know, and I you know Game Pass. It's like there's not it's there now, and like everyone's talking about it. I'm like, I was just gonna skip it because I'm like, oh, it'll just be something I just don't you know really ever get into. But I'm like, maybe this is the time. I don't know. And apparently, we're here endlessly. Maybe possibly. We'll see. Um, speaking of Halo, Halo Infinite wins the Game Awards 2021 public vote before it's even out. This comes from Metro.co.uk, which writes the Game Awards 2021 has its first winner with the player's voice category going to Halo Infinite, even though it came out yesterday. Uh, sidebar. So like the player votes always count like you can like everyone listening to the show can vote in the Game Awards. Um, the press determines kind of who you even see available and it is it is a way smaller percentage like your vote has way less sway in the generalized categories but this category the players um what is it called player's voice that's 100 percent public voting so it's just kind of a place where hey if you want all control that's where you can get all control uh the piece continues there were three rounds of voting with the final five contenders being forza horizon 5 resident Evil village it takes two metroid dread and halo infinite you can see the results below. Uh, Halo Infinite won easily, despite the fact that nobody voting will have had time to play the story campaign. And this is the final breakdown of uh, those player vote results. Uh, we had Halo at 35%, Metroid Dread at 22%, It Takes Two at 17%, Resident Evil Village at 15%, and Hor- Forza Horizon 5 at 11%. Thanks to the weird way that Microsoft released the game, the story campaign wasn't available to download until Wednesday, so Halo Infinite won the popular vote based purely on the multiplayer. Halo Infinite is not eligible for any of the main awards because it was released after the cutoff date for nominations, and at the time there was no knowledge of the multiplayer or anything like that. Um, Tim, do these results surprise you and do you think it was like weird or was it appropriate to have halo in here like what's your opinion on halo being in here in general 
I mean, look, game award award shows, awards in general are such a silly thing just because how do you put something in a genre? How do you put something in a bucket? How do you make it fair? How do you make it objective? You can't. That's not what the point is. This is the player's voice category. Literally, it means nothing. We just want to give y'all something to, to engage with, okay? I'm not surprised by this at all. Um, at the end of the day, personally, I think that Halo's multiplayer suite is up there in the game of the year conversation, so I'm not surprised that... This is there. It was a weird rollout plan, but video games have weird rollout plans nowadays. Um, I think the breakdown here is not surprising at all because it really just kind of speaks to awareness and how much in engaged members of these communities are trying to fight for their game. So, yeah, looks like a pretty solid split here. But, yeah, the people that are playing Halo, I think Halo is easily the most mainstream of these video games. So, And, it, yeah. the, and the multiplayer is free. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another part of it too for sure and i think also you know maybe it's funny seeing some of the things that from the out like people that are outside of like any of the voting stuff like the formal stuff that press does or influencers do always talk about like you know criticize the results or talk about like what maybe they would have done and it's funny though to see you know halo up here which may, you know maybe that's that's true you know it obviously the multiplayer is super heralded everyone the vast majority of people love it. Um, but it's also the most recent thing on this list. So um, Halo belongs with this list of games. Like, I'm maybe, sorry, every maybe. which way it does. Yeah, like, I, I'm surprised, too, to see um, that, like, you know, I think recency bias could play a little bit of a factor. Again, it's not to take away from it, but it is the most recent thing on here. I'm a little surprised to see how high Metroid Dread was. Because if we think of mainstream stuff, I would have thought Village might have been in the second but it yeah, was also but, like really early. Like, what do you, are you surprised to see Dread up here so high? No, because the Nintendo fans, right? Like, the, the, there are people that are voting. This is the players voting for shit. This is the same people that <laughs> vote on polls on Twitter and shit. Like, th this award is literally just like, let's give the people something so they have the thing. That's it. The same thing with the most anticipated game award. Everyone gives that shit. You need to understand why it exists. Think about it just a little bit. Look at, the, look at all the categories and which ones are dissimilar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny, too, to see Horizon 5. <laughs> like, that's not surprising. That, that, that's at the bottom. I'm surprised it even made it that far, to be honest, um, given given its niche. But um, yeah, you know, I, I always find these kind of interesting seeing, you know, if left to just the open public, what would the results be? And it kind of always makes me think about what the larger award show would be if it was like a more public facing thing. Um, but yeah, put it this way. if Elden Ring was on this list, it would have won. But from the from the closed test. Yeah, straight up. Just because that's how voting like this works when it's just public and everyone's opinion yeah. is equal. I feel, like that's the, I feel like that one's extreme. I feel like that one took it too far. I don't think I, I think it would be up there. I think oh, it would, would, be, oh, it would I don't even have a question. The really? audience that's voting on this is the yeah. Elden Ring audience. For sure. I, I feel like I want to have more faith. Is this true? Like, do people think I, I don't know. I don't know. People yeah, in chat would have won. It would have given us the mirror shield. Give us the power. You, you um, clearly yeah. haven't, and I'm not recommending you to. And I know you know better, but you haven't been looking at like the chat, the proper game awards chat or summer game fest chat as the show's happening. All it is is Elden Ring, Elden Ring, Elden Ring. Where's Elden Ring? It's like okay, you're we right. fucking get you're it, right. you guys. You're right. That probably would happen. Also, there's always um, yeah. If someone could make a poll in our Twitch chat, I want to know. <laughs> you you don't just do it to be petty. That's the thing. But then people are in general are petty. Like this is the like we're the problem. Um, yeah, e, e creates a thousand percent. Yeah, y'all. You know what? Y'all are right. I had too much faith in reason. Um, that was my mistake. Uh, it was wrong to to trust. <laughs> Let's. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, let, let's move off of this and do a little bit of a, of a looking back and a, a retrospective stuff with uh, NES and SNES creator uh, Ma- Masuki uh, Yomura dying at 78. This comes from Ryan Gilliam at, over at Polygon, who writes, the lead architect of the Nintendo Entertainment System and Super Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, Masayuki Yomura, has died. The writ- uh, Ritsumaiken Center for Game Studies at Ritsumaiken University announced Yomura's death on Thursday, saying he died December 6th at the age of 78. Yomura first joined Nintendo in 1972 and worked with the company to build light gun games, hoping to create the predecessor to Duck Hunt. After moving to Nintendo's new R&D 2 team, he headed up the squad's home console initiative, a mandate from then-president Hiroshi Yamaguchi. Yomura began development on the Famicom, the Japanese name for the NES, in 1981, in an attempt to bring the arcade to players' living rooms. R&D 2 launched the Famicom in 1983, and Yomura's team built its successor, the SNES, known as the Super Famicom in Japan, for its 1990 release. Before retiring in 2004, Yomura also helped build games like Ice Climbers, Klugu Land, Soccer, Baseball, and Golf. I like those are just the name of the sport. Yeah, uh, he remained a research and development advisor in retirement. Yomura served as a professor at Ritsumaiken University in Kyoto, Japan, teaching video game development to a new generation of creatives. Uh, and for this, I want to pull in a question um, from Kebabs, who writes into the show, just like you can if you head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, and writes, what's up, KFGD crew? To honor the passing of Masayuki Yomura, the man who designed both Famicom and Super Famicom, what favorite slash underrated hardware feature do you want to highlight it could be the super fx chip the introduction of shoulder buttons or including the slots on the famicom to dock the controller thanks and keep being awesome and then to add to this i also want to toss in just general software shout outs um because for me definitely thinking of my memories of the snes which i played when i was like five i wasn't i wasn't you know deep into the weeds on the hardware specifications of it though i do um like the kebabs brings up the docking of the controller because i think it's so fun looking at nintendo's history and really seeing the ways that it sort of pulls in old ideas, because like, is that not the switch? And I think that's like a, just a really fun parallel. Um, but yeah, what what things stand out to you from your time? And I have the um, the mini consoles here Love too it. to kind of you know be there keeping. There But yeah. uh, what's your history with these devices? Oh, I mean, the Super Nintendo is is my console. Like that was the the first console I ever owned. Um, got it got it way late, but um, it was it was amazing. And uh, I mean, I I always think that I grew up the luckiest gamer in the world because my first game that I owned was the Super Nintendo that came bundled with the Super Mario All-Stars Plus World cartridge. So I got the SNES remake of Mario 1, 2, 3, Lost Levels, and Mario World all on one cartridge. And that was just my introduction to video games. Like, the most OP intro of all time. I don't think a single cartridge has ever had more quality gameplay experience than that single one. Um, but yeah, no, I absolutely love the, the Super Nintendo. One thing I want to give a shout out to hardware feature wise is I really love the button layout on the SNES where the two, the left and top face buttons are concave compared to the um, down and, and right ones. And I just feel think it really feels good on the, the thumb and of course the shoulder buttons like that just allowed so much more versatility uh in gameplay like when you compare an nes game to an snes game and like even looking at something like the legend of zelda uh com- and nes versus snes like just being able to map different 
weapons and different abilities to different buttons like opens up gameplay so much so shout out to that i also want to uh, give a shout out to just the way this article is written saying before retiring in 2004 he helped build games like ice climbers cuckoo land soccer baseball and golf those were all games from like 1986 <laughs> so i don't know why they said before retiring in 2004 but technically um, not not it's, true it's but a I true statement <laughs> yeah true statement just a little weird to say it that way um but it's funny because you know soccer baseball and golf like those featured mario as a, a referee like those were the kind of origin stories of the mario sports titles that uh we we got that really kind of came into their own on the n64 game boy color era and and forward but uh, definitely RIP to this. This is a, a sad day. Uh, legend in the industry, uh, but definitely will not be forgotten. Yeah, you know, it, I am realizing now as you're talking where you're, you mentioned the SNES being your first console. Like, how did you get into games? Did you just ask for like, did you just discover games and you're like, this seems cool. Can I have a console? Like, what was your process getting into it? Well, I think it was just like uh, a 90s kind of swell of video games are cool. Like, you know, the, all, there was the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon and the Mega Man cartoon. Just like you couldn't really get away from it. If you were a kid, there were like video games were just they were the goal, right? Like you go to Toys R Us and it's like the featured element would be the video games. Like the the things that they they really like would put on the um, kind of uh, I forget what they're called, but like the the lane heads at um uh, end caps end caps the end caps of, of shelves and stuff where it's like what are they focusing on it's like they're trying to push you to get these to get you into video games and gets you addicted and hooked when you're young you know um, something you like how you know was it on like a like a birthday list was it something that you were surprised with like how so was to, the, the quickest version of this is my dad uh someone gifted him a commodore 64 when i was in second grade and um there was some games on it and I, I played a couple of them and i was immediately fell in love where i'm like i love this i love controlling whatever the hell's on the screen and then I, once i realized like oh this is what a video game is like these are things that exist it kind of like really quickly uh avalanched and snowballed where um, i grew up with kevin and um his mom was a, the biggest fan in the world of going to garage sales so a uh, big part of our childhood would be going to garage sales and like finding dope deals. And this was, you know, 10 years after the NES. So a lot of people were getting rid of them. And we both got amazing deals where like infamously we spent 14, like his mom spent like $14 and it got us an NES, like 20 games, like five NES controllers. You don't even need that many multiple light guns. Like it was the best come up ever. Um, and pretty much from then on, we were addicted, but I didn't get my own console until years later with the Super Nintendo. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool story. Um, I'm that the the deals, especially like I think entering Nintendo through deals is like such a rarity because things are so like so keep their value now. It's like weird to imagine uh, being able to come up like that uh, at yeah. this point. Yeah, for for me, my first console that I had any access to was the SNES. And it was actually the SNES Junior model. Oh, um, yeah. After the fact, so and then for the longest time, like that in my mind, I'm like, this is what the SNES looks like. So then it took me so long to get used to like the proper model design visually because it was not like I'm used to the weird, tiny, like all smoothed out one. Um, because that's the one I grew up with, and I, I, I would love to buy that one again specifically because that's the model like I remember from being a kid. Um, and really for me, like we got into it because my uh, brother sort of spearheaded, he was six years older than me. Um, you know, he, he wanted some, like to get into games and they're like, ah, you know, it's, it's really expensive. Like here, let's start you off with, um, just the SNES junior, which is like, you know, it's cheaper. Um, I think it came with some like pretty good bundled stuff too. And it's like, if you stick with that and you like it, then this can be 
something that will you know buy for you from time exactly. to time yeah exactly but like we're not going to drop like a couple hundred bucks or whatever however much it costs just to have it sit there if you're not going to use it um so like it was probably the first moment of like are you a real gamer <laughs> but like from my family i guess love it that's uh, so funny <laughs> yeah so um, so he had that and you know he's he's always been down to like you know share his game stuff like we've always shared everything together um so that was the first console i ever had uh my one of my first gaming memories uh was playing yoshi's island which is still one of my favorite games ever um my another great game of all time let's go <laughs> It, like honestly like i and i've played it like not too long ago because it's in you know the uh nso collection and everything like that and it i struggle to think of anything that's to say negatively about that game it's just mm-hmm. great there's not like again i don't like you know i don't think anyone really likes doing the oh a game can be perfect or whatever but i'm it, literally playing it right now are you serious <laughs> where are you trying to do a completionist run or are you just i, I am i'm so yeah, to, to keep this quick, I um, have never 100%ed it. I've never gotten 100 score on every single level, and I decided I'm finally, finally going to do it. I beat this game hundreds of times, but I've never yeah. fully done it, so I'm, I'm going to do it finally. Yeah, it's so good. And there's, like, so many weird secrets in that game, too. Like, it's just... It's just a fantastic title. So, like, that's definitely one of uh, my fondest memories from, you know, that hardware. Um, and, yeah, you know, and then afterward, like, when my brother got the N64, like, we just kind of for sake of setups, like divided it where I had the SNES in my room and he had the N64 in his room. You know, eventually I got PlayStation and then he just, you know, we had the PS, the PlayStation consoles. He had the Nintendo consoles and we would just visit each other to, you know, play yep. whatever. Whoever, just because it's like, it's easier than setting. We didn't have like a, a, night, a living room setup where we could just have them there and like easily play. So that, that's kind of why we split it down, down that way. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of fond memories from that. Um, you know, I think it's always a good, good time to look back and think about who created the things that, you know, not only fostered, you know, my love for games, but also my love for Nintendo and so many other things. So, you know, shout out to this creator and condolences to peers, family, fans. Uh, it's always sad losing somebody, but it's nice to take time to sort of honor that memory through celebrating uh, the work that they created. Um, uh, now let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsor. Uh, remember, you can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let's hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. There's no denying it, it's officially the holiday season. And after all that Thanksgiving cooking you just did, plus the cooking you're about to do for whatever other holiday you celebrate, you're probably not going to want to add tonight's dinner to that to-do list. So let DoorDash take care of it. You can also get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. I love DoorDash. We use it constantly. And it is such an easy thing to, to use for me and Gia when we're just trying to hang out, watch something, keep it simple for the night. Next thing you know, food's being delivered. It's safe, it's secure, and we are no longer hungry. For a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. That's 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget, that's code G-A-M-E-S-2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Next up, shout out to Honey. It's gift-giving season, and you have no excuse to buy everyone you love the worst, cheapest gifts imaginable. Why? 
because Honey is about to save you tons of money when you shop online. Honey is your personal online shopping assistant. It scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones it finds to your cart. It's so easy to use. Everyone should be doing it. I've been using it for years. I've saved literally thousands of dollars, both for me and for Kind of Funny, using Honey. You install it once. You never need to think about it again. It's just saving you money. If you don't already have Honey, you can be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free, installs in just a few seconds, and by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash games. That's joinhoney.com slash games. And finally, shout out to American Giant. If there's one good thing that came out of the mess that 2020 and 2021 have been, it's that people have started to prioritize comfort over style. You know what I'm talking about. But with American Giant's obsession with quality details, you can be comfy, cozy, and stylish. I love American Giant. I recently got a bomber jacket. Nobody's surprised, but it's this really pretty blue. I've never seen one like it, and I am a big fan. It's super comfy, keeps me warm, just like I like. American Giant is about the journey, not just the destination. They're obsessed with the details from start to finish, so they use the best quality materials and support local manufacturers and workers, which is always great. Slate called their hoodie the greatest hoodie ever made so find out why explore american giant's collection of durable essentials at american-giant.com and you can get 20 percent off when you use code kfgd at checkout that's 20 percent off at american-giant.com promo code kfgd american-giant.com promo code kfgd All right, now let's talk about Xbox's Winter Game Fest, which offers 36 demos of upcoming indie games. This comes over from Eurogamer, which writes, the idea at Xbox Winter Game Fest demo event has returned in partnership with tonight's The Game Awards, offering 36 demos for unreleased indie games on Xbox One and Series X slash S. The event runs until December 21st, at which point you won't be able to download them anymore, although they should, they should still be playable if you have them on your console. So definitely worth heading over and downloading those. Uh, it's worth remembering these demos represent a work in progress and so may not represent the full game at their release. Uh, and in this Eurogamer piece, they specifically highlight uh, Death Trash, which features a post-apocalyptic world where cosmic horrors... Also, I love the name Death Trash. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm just going to download it because it's called Death Trash, um, which now is giving me flashbacks to two. Like, I, I went through a lot of PS Now stuff recently for a review, and there's, like, that game Trash Panic, which it's, like... Catch this with trash, but you're like breaking stuff. I had no idea what what to do in that game. The game never explained it. My chat didn't know. It had the world's loudest audio design that I've ever experienced. But anyway, this is not that game. Uh, Death Trap, <laughs> uh, where you long for humanity, but are met by punks and shotguns. It combines old school role playing and modern action gameplay and player freedom, create your own character, and explore this unique handcrafted world. And they also shout out Nobody Saves the World, which has you know definitely been uh, heavily advertised. We complete quests to discover and swap between more than 15 variant and distinct forms, mix and match abilities to unlock and complete um, even more challenging quests, while exploring a vast o- overworld and ex- extensive dungeons, either solo or with a friend online. And then we're going to quickly just run through the full list of games. Feel free to shout out anyone that you know or particularly excited about. We got uh, Apico, a Inspires Ina's Tale, Aztec Forgotten Gods. This one I'm interested in, um, like for the culture, though their last game or one of their recent games, Mulaka, I was not into. But I also mm-hmm. played for the culture because I'm like, oh, it's like Oaxaca based. It's about like this like running based tribe. I'm like, this is like checking all my boxes here. And I'm like, wasn't a big fan, but I'm, I'm excited to check out this one and, and see how it goes. Uh, there's also a best month ever, Blacktail, Blind Fate, Ido Noyami, 
Breakers Collection, Castle on the Coast, Chenso Club, Death Trash, Demon Turf, Flu Fi's Adventure, which I like how storybook like that sounds, like Flu Fi Fo Fum type style. Mm. Uh, freshly, freshly Frosted, Grid Force, Josh <laughs> Journey. <laughs> yes, exactly. Josh Journey, Darkness, uh, Totems. Um, I think, did I read Grid Force? I think I read Grid Force. Uh, Justice Sucks, Recharged. Uh, true. Um, Kraken Academy, Lonesome Village, Loot River. I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember seeing this at like a showcase, like some indie showcase, but Loot River is like that weird game where you're like moving these pieces across like you know the oceans and i think it might be like rogue or something but i, I remember seeing that a lot so that, that's definitely mm -hmm. one that i'd want to check out from here um mind scanners nobody saves the world outbreak contagious memories overpass rhythm road trip princess farmer raku raku venture space boat space lines from the far out super toy cars off road the chase of ellen the darkest tales the gardener and the wild vines and the last or crew so those are all, oh, no, and a few extras. The Tale of Bistoon, Treasures of the Aegean, Tunic, and What Lies in the Multiverse. A tunic has been such mm -hmm. a, like, it, it has been at every one of these. Like, I, I can't believe it's not out. It, it honestly, like, it's, it's a lot. And it's funny because, um, you know, people always ask, like, especially like in our space about, you know, games you're looking forward to or like high level. And, you know, there's plenty of like big AAA things that I look forward to. But for me, the things that I always remember or feel the most like visceral pain from, and this is like not any indictment on like any studios that take a long time to, you know, get stuff out the door because making games is hard. But the indie space because this like you know if people think things get drag out in triple a like we usually see stuff when it's a lot closer to being released i think in triple a and i imagine due to resources and other things it might be not easier to get it out but i think they there's a little bit more awareness of the, the timeline and the you know struggles that might go into it and, and additional supports to make to sort of facilitate that process but man in the indies like I, i'll be like i used to buy back the kickstarter 12 years ago and we're finally here and then it's funny too because sometimes it comes out and i'm like it was just all right and i'm like time to do it again and i like do this all the time um but yeah tunic yeah play it again try it again like you know um definitely one of those things for sure yeah lou river you're right i just looked up the gameplay of this this is uh this was a standout for us uh during this year for indie events and stuff so the fact that there's a demo you can go play that's really cool yeah for sure um are you a big demo person like what are some of the last demos you played or some memorable demos you've experienced i mean back in the day i was a huge demo person on the, <laughs> the ps2 era like for sure with the, you know official playstation magazine official xbox magazine like loved that stuff the ps2 jam packs but yeah in more recent times especially with the rate at which we are lucky enough to get preview codes for things i, I i'm usually not a big demo guy do you prefer so on that note too like for like loot river like would you want to check something like that out or would you prefer to wait until you have like a more uh formalized build whether that's like the full game or like an official preview thing i personally i like to wait till i have a full game like i'm a stickler i don't really like repeating sections of games yeah. like i like going back to replay games but i don't like oh i played half this game now for the in the preview now for the review i need to play through the, the whole thing so um yeah like substantial demos not for me but you know what i am not representative of a lot of people out there and i think it's awesome they're doing this and i, I love that it's a part of the game awards and i love that jeff pushes this and partners with xbox and with the right people to get these awesome games these awesome indies specifically into people's hands and to raise awareness in, in a way that i'm definitely not doing 
Yeah, for sure. Like, I think it's, you know, always nice to have the option um, for people to just check out these things. Um, I think it's also really cool that, you know, allegedly, like, at least according to this article, once you download them, you can still play them because I personally find, like, the timeline for demos to be a little stressful because it's usually, like, you know, it's a decent amount of time. It's like a month. But with so many games that are often included in, you know, showcases like this or, like, options like this, it's hard to get through them all. So I like the idea of just being able to have them there and jump into them if you end up finding the time for it. Uh, Yeah, for me, I'm also not the biggest demo person um i like to do it a lot when i'm maybe on the fence of getting something that's already out um you know on like the e-shop or something i'll hit up demos pretty frequently and there have been some like really incredible you know that i think the we think about the era of demos a lot in terms of you know the old school like disc era but honestly there have been some incredible like demo options especially for like to your point where they do let you transfer over the progress so those are definitely my favorite ones if i can ever get a shot of those um for something like this i like to just run through a bunch of them so it's one of those things where i'm either going to play like half of these or like none of them so we'll see what it ends up being for me um but anyway demos are so far away if i want to know what's coming to mom and grab shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday out today is monster ranch one and two dx on switch pc and monster rancher can we talk about that for a second jen yes did you ever no, play this are you aware of what monster rancher is should i be no nah, no no you don't need to be but uh that, exciting. it's exciting though it's so cool so here, here's the deal. Uh, back in the, the late 90s, this thing came out called Pocket Monsters in Japan, right? And then you got to catch okay. them all, Pokemon. Everyone the fucking loves it. And then what happened? Iterations and it. iterations and iterations. And everyone had to have their own Pokemon, right? So we had Digimon. We had, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! eventually. Like a bunch of different takes on the same type of idea of how do we monetize cartoons and card games and video games all in one, whatever. Monster Hunter was super dope it had a cartoon that i really appreciated it was pretty damn awesome but the video game was on playstation so it was a little bit more adult compared to uh, the pokemons of the world the way that you got monsters was by actually opening while you're playing the game opening the disc tray of the ps1 and putting random cds in and the cds would unlock monsters so you're finding uh lincoln park's hybrid theory cd you put it in and that creates a monster from the game and it's like unique to that unique some cds actually had like unique things tied to them but then you're taking like aol trial discs throwing those motherfuckers in trying to catch them all that way it was such a creative fun thing and i loved the interactivity of the real world with the video game um is it a great game i highly doubt it how it's gonna work on switch i don't know uh but anyways it was a really cool idea tim do you remember any aspect other than going to like the little temple and like making the monsters no me neither. I don't. Was I don't there know. anything else no. to it? I have no idea. I watched every episode of the cartoon, so I know that sure, shit. Sure. But I, I do not remember the game the kid, besides the just kid, getting the monsters. The kid looked like they were like, oh, you know what's cool? Ash. The kids like Ash. But let's try to mix Sonic into him. Like, let's make him groovier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Groovy's a good word. Yeah. Groovy. Real good word. Okay. Should I don't know what to I don't know what to do with this information, but I'm glad you shared it with me. Nothing. I don't know. Don't do like, anything. I, I, okay. All right. We got Monopoly Madness, (laughs) Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and PC, Loop Hero on Switch. And I feel like called out by this release because I'm like, I played it on PC and I liked it fine. You know, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. Um, Like I would play a lot more if it was like on Switch or on my iPad. 
and now they're like, oh, it's on Switch. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm like, bluff. <laughs> now, like, oh, are you going <laughs> to? So I feel like a little personally attacked by this, but um, go play Loop Hero if you haven't already. Uh, and I think it definitely does lend itself best to um, handheld. Maybe that's just my anti-PC bias. I don't know. Uh, but Loop Hero is a great game. Oh, we got Witchwood for PS5, PS4, Series X slash X, uh, Xbox One and PC. We got Mini Madness for Xbox One, After the Fall, PS4 and PC, Antarctica 88 for Xbox One, Super Impossible Road for Switch, Kobanashi Recollection for Switch, Rico London for Switch, and Stuffed for PC. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to your wrong before we start to close out if we have anything oh it's loading in i'm not seeing anything i think we had a flawless run which also part of me is like wait are we not i'm not seeing anything because it's just not pulling in the stuff but no there's not no there's not even that weird thing where people will be like this isn't a you're wrong but like i just felt like saying something and i'm like okay um there's not that either it's just it's all quiet on the western front uh which is kind of wild so uh good job impeccable i love love to see it Um, information squad baby we do have like a, you know, a tiny bit of extra time here. So I want to, you know, normally I, I pull in like reader mail or stuff, but we, you know, I already had the the one that I pulled in for the show. Uh, I have a question for you, Tim. Normally I would mm-hmm. save this for the post show. So if y'all ain't hitting the post show, you know, it is what it is, but y'all missing out on good content because we have some real fun conversations in there. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you something and everyone, all y'all hear something that I put, posted on Twitter today. Um, as I mentioned before we started recording, I have a flight tomorrow morning. Um, what do I watch, play, do on the plane during this flight? It's, it's long as hell. It's like four hours and 40 minutes. Then I have a three-hour layover. Then I have another hour and 40 minutes. So I'm, I'm living in the sky, in these terminals. And also just sidebar, like, what do you, how do you normally kill time on planes and in airports? Like, do you game at all? Or is that all just like Netflix time? Uh, killing the way I kill time on and the whole airplane process is by spending approximately three days prepping for it, downloading a ton of videos onto my iPad, downloading a ton of comics onto my iPad, getting games on my switch, getting everything ready, right? Making sure all my playlists for music are there, get some podcasts, do all that stuff. And then I spend the majority of my flight sitting there kind of pondering which one I should do first. Um, that takes a good two or three hours. Um, and then I usually end up just putting on music I've listened to a hundred times and I listen to that mm-hmm. and then we land and, uh, it was all for naught. So maybe don't listen to my advice for all of this, but, uh, in terms of shows that I would recommend, if you haven't seen yet, an amazing journey in the air would be watching the show pen 15. Oh my God. That is on Hulu. What a ride that would be. Yeah. I like yeah. You, you watch what, not all of it. Oh. Say it again. Do you like Janet? it? I've watched not all of it (laughs) sorry go ahead the um the it's over now the like the final part of season two which is the end of the show uh just came out last week and it is phenomenal and i keep saying this but this part of the season like the final bit of this show took it for me for like oh this is a funny show to like damn this is one of my favorite shows of all time like they really stuck the landing and stuck the journey as well like it's something special so show wise i would recommend that um i mean gaming wise we were just talking about it, but like, why not play through Yoshi's Island again? <laughs> you know, honestly, on well, because you can, it's like downloaded, right? I'm trying to remember. It doesn't have to be like online because it's through NSO. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, I you think can download it. You don't need online. Yeah. You just need yeah. to check in online once every 30 days. Okay. And ma- just make sure you do that before you go because I have been fucked before and it's been very, very bad. Uh, like, dude, Nintendo could be so annoying with this shit. Like uh, when uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl just came out and I had like the, the, the pre-release copy of it, it 
when you when you're playing pre-release games it, it always does that it's always pinging for the internet and uh gia and my brother were like out running like a marathon and i was just waiting for them because i wasn't running the marathon uh right. but like i was letting them do it and i was like gonna congratulate them and all that shit so i had like some time to waste and i'm like cool i'm gonna play pokemon in the car guess what no i didn't because <laughs> you have to connect to the internet and that sucks so make sure you, you connect your switch before you okay. before you go if I was playing anything else from NSO on the plane, what should that be? Have you played through Star Fox 64? I haven't. Okay. I would is say that. that. What do like, is, yes. is that because it's meta because I'm flying? Is that why? No, because it's an amazing video game. Star Fox 64 is one of, I, I think, one of the best holding up N64 games. Um, best. You know what I mean. Yeah, right? no, I get it. I it just, holds I, up the best. It holds up the like best. This is the retired in 2004 situation again, where it's like, it's not wrong, but it doesn't sound right. Yeah, yeah, totally. But uh, it, it's definitely worth your time. Um, and specifically because the characters and the banter is so good. And, and it's just like, it's honestly unmatched. And they've remade that game like five different times. They it somehow always make it worse. The exception of the 3DS version, which like was literally a remake of 64. It was awesome. Um, but Star Trek 64, you could beat the entire thing in like 45 minutes. Um, but there's a lot more content after that because there's multiple paths you can take that are completely finishing something in 45 minutes. Like I like I'm because again, my whole thing, you know, like Greg has his platinums, like I have just rolling credits on things and I won't play something just because it's short, but Mm -hmm. if I'm interested in it short, I'm like, Oh, well now like you just have to not deeply offend me i'll just see it through the end like we're so close already um yeah that's that sounds good so yeah. i might hit that up i'm not sure how i don't i don't do too much like playing games when i'm like flying or traveling it kind of depends on like what the mood is but i try to just give myself a couple options so i think that i think yoshi's island again for no reason is always a good a good choice so, so yeah we'll see what i end up i have to download it all my stuff tonight i'm kind of cutting it close so after this i think i'm just gonna sit and start downloading also i'm the same way with music where i'm like what if we listen to the same album that we've been listening to for for 27 years um yeah. and just put that on on repeat That's uh, so I'm download those uh but yeah i'll, I'll let y'all know what i end up uh, playing or consuming while while i'm uh you know traveling uh but on that note tomorrow's hosts are tim and jared petty which i'm so jealous that you get to do a show with jared like that sounds so fun how'd you if make you that wanna, out? if you want to take it it's yours i'm traveling it's Oh, you're traveling. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, but no, I'm very, very excited uh, to, to reunite with Jared. It's going to be a fun show, too, because it's literally just going to be going through the Game Awards winners and announcements. So uh, super fun show for tomorrow. Get hyped, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, God, can I even tune it? I don't I don't know if I'll be in a place where I could tune into that. But if I can, <laughs> I will. Jared's going to bring the energy for sure. Uh, also, is this a is it true that after this on Twitch, it's Halo or is it, it different? Is not. No, it's not, uh, that the, might also the boys are going to be playing uh, Icarus. Uh, with, we're partnering with NVIDIA for this, and uh, it's a very, very, very pretty game. So check it out to see all the RTX, all those rays will be traced. Okay, awesome. And if you want to catch that stream later, be sure to subscribe to youtube.com slash plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Rerun you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those who are sub the silver level at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.